they know that change is coming, but they couldn't tell you exactly what it's going to look like. But they can tell you that in order to be ready for it, we need a learning mindset. You know, we've been using this term lifelong learning to Mm. kind of brand what we're doing in development. And that's important for the person who's three weeks out of college that just Mm -hmm. started and for the people who have been at Mercer for 30-something years and are at quite a high level. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Hi, and welcome back to the Inspire Podcast. It's been a few weeks since I released an episode. I do have an excuse. Uh, A few weeks ago, my wife and I welcomed our third child into the world, and it has been equal amounts joy and exhaustion as she keeps us up at night. So took a little hiatus and am delighted to be back in the land of adult conversation. My conversation this week is with Liz McGilvray, and Liz is a principal at Mercer. If you don't know Mercer, they're one of those organizations that has probably impacted your life professionally in ways that you don't know. They're the world's largest human resources consulting firm with over 20,000 people around the world. And Liz is a principal at Mercer. She's focused on learning and leadership development. She's a client and I have great admiration for how she thinks about leadership, how she thinks about learning, and we've done some amazing work together uh, to prepare Mercer professionals to lead and to inspire in a world of work that is ever-changing. And I want to have her on to talk about her insights into how learning is evolving, what leadership communication is becoming, and what Mercer is doing. And it's a a neat interview uh, for anyone who is in a role uh, or a career where they have to influence and is wondering what they can do to improve their ability to build those crucial skills. So it's my distinct pleasure to welcome Liz McGilvray uh, to the Inspire podcast. Liz is, I'm hoping I'm going to get this right here, but the Global Strategic Learning Leader is there one of many, Liz, or are you the one and only at Mercer? There are actually others. Um, there are people who do learning within our lines of business that's technical in nature. So it's a um, it's distinguishing learning and development that go- cuts across all the businesses that's really global for all of our colleagues versus technical training that may be specific to one line of business. For example, if you're you might need a license for um, or actuarial continuing education if you're in Mm -hmm. one part of our business. You and your colleagues then really look at the world of Mercer and and Mercer in the world and what kind of learning it sounds like is required to develop not only the the talented people of today, but also of the future. Is that a fair way of putting it? Yes. You've probably put that better than I have in the past. We are. We're looking at the whole world, all 42 countries where we have colleagues. We have more than 22,000 people that work at Mercer in different parts of the world and different businesses. 
think we just looked at data and realized we have five generations. Um, so it's a really diverse, interesting population of very smart people. And the firm itself is very future focused. So um, it's a it's a really fun job because we're trying to look not only at what people need now, but look towards the future and things are hmm. things are shifting and evolving yeah. quickly. Well, we'll talk a lot about that today. And for those who may not know Mercer, what's the you know 30 second definition of what you do and what you offer? We are a consulting firm and we help people um, with health, wealth, and careers. So um, health and benefits, um, retirement, investments, and um, talent and career consulting. So that's sort of very high level, but um, we have, um, as I said, people in 42 countries and we're increasingly becoming um, an organization that has more digital solutions, but we've been a traditional consulting business for many years now. I like that health, wealth, and careers, things that everyone wants. So I know- We, we touch the lives of 110 million people worldwide, wow. so. Well, and it's been our, I know we've been energized by the work we've gotten to do in partnership with you and your colleagues and also with Mercer around the world. And and uh, as, as you said, you know, what's really uh, stood out with us in our work with you over the years is how future thinking kind of infuses everything that you do for, from a learning standpoint and how progressive you are in adapting how you're helping people learn to reflect the new realities of work. And that's that's really why I want to have you on, you know, to talk about how the world of work uh, is evolving. And for someone who's in the business of developing leaders in this evolving world of work, what that has required from a change standpoint um, for you. Because I think when you know people listening are interested in developing their capability to lead, to inspire, and how that happens is and changing. So uh, yeah, maybe we could. You could just start because you know, I think when we uh, spoke last, you, you basically said the future is now. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll ask you to talk a little bit more about what you meant when you said that to me. The light bulb went off for me um, probably about a year ago when I was talking with colleagues in different parts of our businesses about you know what are the strategic imperatives for the business because part of my job is always trying to understand. Uh, where the business is going so we can support the development of people so that that supports the business. And some of the things that I was hearing were things that for many years, people said, this is coming, this is coming. Automation, um, artificial intelligence, um, use of digital platforms to a much larger degree. And the thing that really made me have this epiphany was when I realized that we were creating chatbots and I had the opportunity to, to work on a project. So, you know, Global learning and development is, is part of HR um, within Mercer. And to try to find an easy solution for something, I was part of a team that was creating a chatbot to help managers find the best um, learning and development solutions for them. And all of a sudden, as I was explaining this to my team and I was you know over dinner telling my husband about it, I realized robots are not in the future. They are now. And I'm working on one <laughs> and it was really cool. It's really cool. Um, and Mercer has a lot of cutting edge things that are going on. And I think it's just this realization that this is not five and 10 years out anymore. It is literally happening now. And I mean, I think you can probably go into any large organization or in small organization around the world 
and find that there are just some amazing um, future-focused things happening. This is the new world that we are dealing with, and and it really is changing how businesses are operating. It's creating incredible disruption, but I also think it's placing new demands and expectations on what leadership is. Have you found that at Mercer? And if so, how? Absolutely. Um, I think there's a there's a couple of things that are that are happening. One is that there are these new technologies. Um, there's just this new environment that we're all operating in. Um, and I think the if if you've been a leader, um, and I'm a Gen Xer, I've been working for a long time. You you see things happening that have never happened before, and the rate of change is really really fast moving. So. It's not enough to think, okay, well, you know, let's take a step back and figure out our strategy and do a needs assessment and take our time and really figure out the solution. And then in 12 to 18 months, we'll implement it. I mean, things are happening fast and that requires an agility and a rate of speed that some people haven't had to you know, be comfortable with in the past. And I think for our leaders, trying to keep abreast of all the changes with their clients you know, internally, there are pockets of innovation all over our company because we are so large. And so trying to surface those things so that everybody can benefit from them while at the same time keeping their eye on the, on the longer term goals. I mean, that's a new skill set that's required. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an, a, you know, there's an incredible amount of change in our business. And then for, personally for, for our leaders and frankly, for our, our newer colleagues too, it requires a comfort level with change and, and an agility that maybe hasn't been required in the past. Yeah, and, and, and let's and let's delve into that a bit more because I'm I'm really interested in you know the you know one thing that if for those listening may not know but central learning functions in big companies have this neat job where they figure out okay what do leaders what should leaders in our organization look and sound and feel like not one archetype but what you know competencies or capabilities should they have and and i i'm observing a big change i mean i think you know when i came of age in the business world people like jack you know jack welch were held up you know the kind of ceo on the cover you know strong minded never wrong always certain and and i'm inferring from what i'm hearing from you when i've heard from others that that's no longer desirable so what kind of leadership qualities do you believe? And in particular, I'm interested in the ones from a communication standpoint, the leaders of today and the future should foster. I think you're, yeah, it it seems like it's changing and I'm not sure there's one, um, I don't think there's one stereotypical leader anymore. I think there are going to be different kinds of leaders, but I think your point about the importance of communication is really critical, and what I'm, what I'm seeing, um, and and I, you know, I'm using the term leader broadly, not just not just people leaders, people, yeah, influential people like leaders. that may be leading, you know, projects, and and we're trying to empower people to also see themselves as leaders, not mm-hmm. just when they achieve a certain title or a role, but um, you know, you can be leading at lots of levels, and I and I think it is um, there has to be a willingness to um, empower other people. I think you have to be and your communications have clarity on your vision. Um, and it is, there is something about a humility. Um, and I would say, you know, again, I, I work with, with great smart people, but one of my favorite traits that they all exhibit is that they are not, um, 
they're not so self-assured that they're not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I, again, when I look at sort of things that we've tried, um, I think there's been a great deal of effort to say to our colleagues, listen, we don't have this all figured out, help us. Mm-hmm. And by going out to people and asking, you know, what's working, what isn't working, what are you interested in finding out and saying, we're going to pilot this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've become a, a function that's doing a lot of pilot testing, but that's, I think that's sort of empowering for us. It frees us up to make some mistakes and then to say, well, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, not necessarily a misstep, but we tried it and maybe there's a different way to do it. Um, Yeah. I mean, very much that Silicon Valley minimum viable product fail fast concept so that you test things out. And and I wonder, I mean, we have a, we have an innovation hub at Mercer and a technology garage. And it's, I think it's so cool to see what they're doing because they've infuse this idea of design thinking and these, you know, fail forward fast and all of these ideas that really, I think, allow everybody to innovate in, in any job, in any aspect of their work. Um, it becomes okay to try things. Yeah, and, and back to your point around what you're looking for from leaders at Mercer, you know, I love that you, that there's no one archetype and I think there's no, uh, we certainly believe that there's no one communication style. It has to be genuine and authentic. But then highlighting things like being able to empower others so you can unlock the whole organization and being having that that balance between humility and confidence. How do you, you know, if, if you have someone who comes to you and says, okay, well, how do I balance that? What is the line to walk? Because, you know, I've been told I have to project confidence, but then I'm told I have to be humble. You know, what is, how would you advise them to have that balanced correctly? I, again, I think it kind of gets back to communication and, and, mm-hmm. and being open to feedback and listening um, and self-awareness. Um, I mean, we believe that all of our colleagues need to get feedback and we need to be talking to one another because sometimes we're, some of us are more self-aware than others. I mean, I think we're always striving to, to have greater awareness of our work styles and our preferences and how, what are the team dynamics and um, one of my colleagues that works in our, our talent inclusion center of expertise with me came up with an idea of anytime feedback. And it's just a, a simple mechanism that allows people to, you know, if someone does something cool or if somebody, um, you know, works on a project with them to just, you know, not wait till the end of the year, but, but to have a discussion and, you know, you can use, you know, you can use our system or you can just have a conversation. And I, I see a lot more discussions going on. Um, you know, face to face, but also because we're increasingly working virtually, you see people in our on our intranet in our communities, lauding the efforts of other people and um, and commenting about what's been effective. And I think you know, again, you're seeing people lead by example um, and, and acknowledging. I know I'm you know I'm a bit uh, data focused, or I, I might get into the minutia. So apologies, you know. And so I think then it makes it. A, okay for other people to acknowledge my preference is to work this mm-hmm. way, but I know I need a diverse team. Um, and so, you know, please, you know, keep me honest if I'm, if I'm getting too focused on this or if I'm too high level and I'm not paying enough attention to the detail. So I think um, just the fact that these conversations are happening and people are communicating to their team members um, about their styles and, right. Really articulating having, a desire to to be working 
better together to, to get to this point where people feel empowered. And that has sound, it sounds to me like that really ties to that self-awareness. You know, you want to know yourself and, you know, the, the vulnerability, right? The willingness to say, I'm not perfect. I have these strengths and not these ones. And we need to work together to bring the best of a diverse team together. Another question I want to ask you, as you're starting to develop these leadership qualities and kind of adapt at Mercer, the vision for leadership development, what are the, you know, the qualities or skills or competencies that maybe 10 years ago were important that no longer are to the same degree for someone who wants to be this kind of persuasive, inspiring, small L leader? When I think about our model for leadership and our competencies, I'm not sure there's anything that's become, you know, unimportant. I'd say it's depending on your role. There some may be more important than others, but what I can say with certainty is that this comfort with change and this um, comfort with uncertainty, learning agility, this learning mindset has be, has really sort of risen up the list. Um, and we, we have a career business that employs a number of thought leaders in the future of workspace. In fact, there's a whole practice um, labeled future of work. And these are just brilliant people that um, spend their time thinking and writing about this and working with clients to try to make sure that they're ready for the future of work. And whenever I speak with them, um, and I always offer to be the guinea pigs, like, you know, this is a, if you want to try something, let's try it at Mercer. Um, they will talk about this need for um, us to acknowledge that we don't really know what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. Even the people in the future of work practice are, um, they know that change is coming, but they couldn't tell you exactly what it's going to look like. But they can tell you that in order to be ready for it, we need a learning mindset. You know, we, we've been using this term lifelong learning to mm. kind of brand what we're doing in development. And that's important for the person who's, you know, three weeks out of college that just mm-hmm. started and for the people who have been at Mercer for 30 something years mm. and are at quite a high level. So, and, and let's delve into that a bit more. So imagine there's someone listening on the call who is the two people, one to this podcast, one person who is brand new in their career and someone who is maybe 30 years into their career. And they don't have, they are not fortunate enough to work at Mercer. And, and for whatever reason, there's not a learning mindset or a future. Where, what should they do to adopt that mindset and develop it? It's such a great question. And just in the past two weeks, I had the good fortune to interview four of our leaders who I think are exemplary learners. Um, and I think they really set a great tone for their teams. and. I realized they had different stories, but essentially what they were all saying is you need this incredible curiosity. You need to be constantly curious about, you know, what are people doing? And somebody said to me, you know, I tell, and she has um, kids who are, you know, in their twenties. She's like, I always say to them, every time you meet somebody, ask them what they do and how did they get there? And but what do you really do every day, day in and day out? And, and, when she goes to meet with clients, she said she'll do research on her own. But then when she gets to meet with them, 
she asks questions about you know where they see their business going, and she she said she interviews people that she sits next to on the plane, <laughs> um, and it is just a sort of this ongoing. It's a mindset that's always on. It's a mindset, right? Yeah. That you always want to learn, and you know the idea that things are linear and you'll sort of get to a point and you've arrived, and then you can just put your feet up and relax. I, I think that's a fantasy. You know, none of us is ever going to be there. We have to keep keep learning. Um, and so the, the other advice I heard from the leaders that I interviewed was, you know, you have to seek out experiences that are going to give you different perspectives and um, they don't have to be formal. You know, a lot of companies, you, you know, have rotation programs or you get into a training program. It doesn't have to be that. You can, it can be a micro experience where you just, um, you know, volunteer to do something. It can be outside of work, um, in in your community, or you know, at, at school with your kids. There's so many ways to get these experiences that are critical. And then the other thing I heard is that they actually teach themselves things. And um, so one of my colleagues explained that she had to go do a presentation in Silicon Valley, and you know, we're a more conservative professional services firm, and she said she knew she was going into a, a room where everybody was, you know, in jeans and flip-flops. And <laughs> so she, you know, spent a couple of weekends learning about design thinking and the way people worked in Silicon Valley. And she completely tailored her style to, um, to that. And she said not only was it much more effective than if she had gone in with a more formal presentation, but she also was so excited about the concept mm-hmm. that then she brought that back and started teaching people that she works with. Um, and I kept hearing this again and again from people that they heard about something, they didn't know about it. So they looked it up and they watched videos and they read all the articles that they could. And this is all on their own time. Right. Yeah. And I think that's both great examples because they illustrate that adopting this continuous learning mindset, this lifelong learning mindset really has nothing to do with the company you work at. I mean, you know, interviewing people on the plane or, or researching design thinking happen outside the scope of the organization. And I think, but it also highlights how, uh, you know, organizations can inspire people to pursue and take ownership of learning and integrate with, with what they're doing. You know, what's what strikes me about your mindset around leadership in the future is, there is more uncertainty than ever before, but it's really the best leaders can not don't not only don't feel anxious about that, but actually embrace it as an opportunity, and and inspire others to do the same. Is that is that true? It's an embracing of this and not being fearful of it, um, because when you look at it as an opportunity to be part of shaping the future and doing something exciting, I mean, then you really get energized by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and energize others too. I mean, I think it's- Energize others, right. And about. that's you're inspiring mm-hmm. your teams mm-hmm. um, and encouraging them to take on this learning mindset, which, you know, keeps things interesting, frankly. Mm-hmm. Especially as we work longer. And I think, you know, that's that's kind of a, the, the big thought I'm taking away from our conversation today is that, you know, there's this acronym, uh, you may have heard it, VUCA. It was actually coined by the, I looked it up today because I've been using it. And I'm, as a, someone who's written about language and jargon, I thought, I got, I've got to figure out where this comes from. Do you know where it emerged from? 
I know it's volatile, uncertain, and then I forget what the other two. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we use it too. We're we're yeah, We better we happy. better figure it out. Well, uh, yeah, volatile volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And it was coined. It actually goes back uh, almost thirty years. It was coined by the U.S. I'm going to get this wrong, but I believe it was the U.S. like our, our military uh, army college to describe the world that post-Cold War era became because it went from a very predictable two superpowers building up these predictable armies with linear paths, dangerous nonetheless, but now this incredible complexity and uncertainty that you had no idea what the threats were and they were very asymmetric. So, you know, it's now, you know, 30 years later becoming used for uh, in the business world because of the incredible, as you said, pace of disruption. And I think the incredible anxiety that people feel, you know, the, we used to at least have the comfort of the illusion of predictability. And now people are deeply anxious that, you know, your business could disappear tomorrow, you know, with the, with technology. We, we hear the term used a lot. Um, we, we certainly use it at Mercer. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about the VUCA world that we're operating in. And, and I think you're right. It can, it can sound ominous if you don't let people know that they're empowered to, you know, to, to change and to evolve and to grow and to upskill themselves so that they're ready for whatever the future holds. And part of um, what I've been most excited about in what we're doing now with developing leaders and developing all our colleagues is that we've, we've joined a partnership with um, an organization called edX, which is a it's a MOOC. It's like one of the leading online platforms, and it's a partnership from number you know started by and, MIT. And MOOC, sorry, MOOC stands for Massive Open Online Course. That that one. Okay, I yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, that one I know. Um, but you know, it, it's a cool. You know, it's like Khan Academy. Everything's free um, unless you want to get a certificate of completion. But you know, these leading universities from around the world are offering courses and. You know, so when you explain to people, look, the world's university content is at your fingertips. You can take advantage of that. Um, you know, you should feel empowered to um, to go learn what you need to learn. Be curious. Um, it's not as though, you know, you have one chance to, to learn and then, you know, your learning part of your life is over and then you're going to start working and everything from there on out is sort of like supplemental to what you're doing and work. Like, you know, no matter where you're working, you can learn from your colleagues. You have access to, you know, by the internet to all these amazing Mm. higher education institutions. Um, you know, plus you could just watch a YouTube video mm-hmm. and learn how to do something or in three minutes. Or listen to a podcast. <laughs> you can listen to a podcast. Yeah. it's. I mean, we're creating podcasts. That's right. It is It is an amazing time. And, you know, maybe um, I'll just wrap up here because, it, you know, what I'm taking away is really, you know, this time, you know, we are living in the VUCA world. But that's a tremendously exciting time as well. And so what you're clearly doing at Mercer is challenging and encouraging your leaders to embrace this mindset, this new leadership mindset, one that's grounded in agility, in empowering others, and in lifelong learning. And if you can do that, it sounds like you have a real chance to inspire people to 
pursue some life experiences and and that they never would have had you know otherwise so it is an exciting time that's what i'm taking away from this it is exciting um i have a really really brilliant and creative colleague um and she came up with this notion that we should have festivals of learning. Um, and we, as I said, we have, you know, thousands of people around the world and people work increasingly remotely and you might be working with somebody, you know, six time zones away. And so she decided that using, you know, Zoom technology or WebEx or something, we could just put on these little festivals and, and let people volunteer to, you know, is there something that you're really good at? Do you want to if you've got all kinds of PowerPoint hacks or you're really good at Excel or you want to talk about design thinking? You know, we had this two-week festival and it was wildly mm. successful. And it was so exciting for us because we thought, ooh, like when we called out to people and said, you know, what do you want to learn and what do you want to teach? People put their hands up and it, it started to kind of change the, the culture around learning and the way people talked about it. It wasn't like, oh, well, you know, once a year, maybe I'll get to go sit in the classroom for eight hours. But, you know, when can we have our next festival of learning? That's and awesome. so it was really cool. Um, and I do think that that's like this lifelong learning mindset is going to be probably one of the most important things anybody can do at mm-hmm. any level. And, you know, no matter what organization you work in. Um, and then, you know, also just looking for opportunities to then share what you've learned with the people that, that you work mm-hmm. with. Well, I'm sure a lot of people like me are coming away inspired by what you're doing at Mercer. If people want to join Mercer or get in touch with you or learn about learning at Mercer, where should they go? We have a great website. And um, actually, a lot of our thought leadership on the future of work is available on that website. It's mercer.com. And um, is there a particular paper that you point people towards there? If you Googled future of work, you would find a number of of things and there there might even be um, a video or two. Mm-hmm. We have we have some cool things happening, um, but yeah, we and and we're on. I will say we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, um, we're on LinkedIn. I share a lot of things on LinkedIn because I get so excited about the thought leadership that comes. Yeah, out. No, I like I like following you. There's you pr- you know produce a lot of good content there. Yeah, well, and I will say about social media. I mean, again, as a you know, a fairly historically conservative professional services firm, we were not always as active on social media. Um, but what we found is that, that that's where we can reach people and including even with messages to our internal colleagues who may not always be able to read all the emails we send. So we're doing much more on, um, on Twitter. So if you wanted to get a sense of, of what Mercer's doing where we have thought leadership, what kinds of um, areas we're really developing our business in. Um, If you are interested in Mercer, I would say follow Mercer on Twitter and also check out their website. Well, you should be interested in Mercer. I think you guys are doing some great things and I really appreciate you coming on to talk about them. Thanks so much, Liz. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Liz McGillivray Mercer on how learning and leadership are changing and some of the really cool things that Mercer's doing to prepare people for the future of work. Though, should we really keep calling it future of work or is it just work today? It's a question for a future podcast. Next week's future podcast is a really cool one. My guest is Mike Corey. Mike is the chief operating officer at Canadian National Railway. 
uh, one of North America's premier railways and Mike's life story, how he uh, literally rose from the bottom to the absolute top of the railway uh, is grounded in his approach to leadership, his approach to people. And uh, he's just a guy you're going to love listening to. So tune in next week for my discussion with Mike.